are listening to the co-production podcast brought to you by Cineropa and Eurimage. I am Domenico Laporta and I'm the editor of Cineropa, your number one resource for European industry content published daily in four languages. Cineropa is supported by Creative Europe and you can always access our content for free at cineropa.org. Today, we are discussing the co-production of Queens, Rennes, written and directed by Yasmin Benkiran. It is a co-production between France, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Morocco. I'm welcoming two of the four co-producers of the film today. Welcome to the co-production podcast, everyone. Can I ask you to introduce yourself briefly, along with your production company, starting with you, Jean, you are representing Petit Film in France. Yes, I'm Jean Desforêts. Uh, my production company is called Petit Film. It's a very small company, as the name uh, uh, points to it. Uh, we produce more or less a film every year, and we've done I don't maybe six, seven films as a lead producer since the creation. Probably the same as minority partners uh, since we started 11 years ago. Films such as uh, Roar by Julia Ducourneau, The Girl with the Bracelet by uh, Stéphane de Moustier, and more recently, Irwig by Lucila Dzielinovic. Also with us today, we have Géraldine from Need Production in Belgium. Hi, Géraldine. Hi, Domenico. Uh, so I'm Géraldine Sprimont. Uh, I work at Need Productions. It's a Brussels-based production company. We are two producers, Anne-Laure Guégan and me, and we have produced since 2014 short documentaries and features that uh, won awards in great festivals, uh, such as Felicité by Alain Gomis, who was at the Berlinale, La Douleur by Emmanuel Finkel, Silent Voice uh, by Reka Valeric, Nuestras Madres recently, that won the Golden Camera in Cannes 2019, and Clara Sola, who was at the, the Director's Fortnight this year in Cannes. Thank you. So the film is kind of a jigsaw puzzle to, to, to produce. There are a lot of partners. And uh, maybe, Jean, you can walk us through uh, the other production companies that are involved. Yes. So uh, let's say by order of appearance. Okay. So <laughs> we developed the project. Uh, we started at some point started looking for a Moroccan partner because the film is entirely set in Morocco and the director is Moroccan and the uh, language spoken is Darija, the Moroccan, di the, uh, Moroccan Arabic dialect. So the first to enter after us is a Montfleury production, Saïd Amish, um, who's a, a Moroccan co-producer. This is not a service. Then he film from Holland uh, entered, well, we'll explain how and why maybe later. Uh, then need production from Belgium. And finally, we involved another French co-producer, Deuxième Ligne Film, uh, who's based in Normandy and allowed us to access a regional fund because we needed more money. Before digging deeper into that, maybe you can also tell us a little bit about the story of the film without spoiling it too much. Yeah, so I'm going to be very, very short. It's, it's the story of three women fleeing the police uh, throughout Morocco, traveling from uh, up north to down south, very, very down south, uh, um, driving a truck that they stole. And uh, this is, uh, it's often be been compared as a t Moroccan Telma and Louise. Oh, that's good. High concept. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, so now uh, let us know so, uh, what was the story of the film? I mean, uh, the story of the development of the film. Uh, how did it start? It? And, um, and maybe you can just start from the beginning and, and lead us from there. 
the very start is a little bit awkward because a yeah a friend of mine who used to be a sales agent told me about a friend of hers who used to be a sales agent who wrote a script okay so this is it didn't sound very appealing to me uh, to start reading scripts from, you know, from former sales agents turning into dire uh, directors or writers. And, uh, but this friend who introduced us was very pushy and I ended up giving the script to my team, which is something that I usually don't do. I usually read everything myself, hoping that, you know, they would, uh, after 10 pages, drop it and say that it was to no avail that we should get involved on this film. But that my team liked it. So I asked my team to sell it to me. Then they sold it quite well. I ended up reading the script. And I was still full of doubt. So I met the director. And I think I signed the rights. Uh, say, no, I, signed the, I optioned the script, saying that I would only sign the rights, buy the rights to the script once I could see a short film by the director. And she was doing a short film. But then she delivered a short film that was so different from the script and from the project that I had to somehow take a leap of faith and decide to dive into it. And the other problem, of course, was to start developing, fully developing and producing a Moroccan film. <clears throat> so, for example, I mean, when I read the script, I would read the French version of the script, but I would not, you know, hear the sound of the dialogue. And uh, it, there would always be, I mean, obviously, there's always a difference between a script and a film, but here, uh, even more. So uh, that's how it got. That's how we started, and this is a film that we signed, I believe, something like four years ago. And then I must say, I hesitated a lot about the, the right strategy to produce it, and I knew that it had to be a co-production, co obviously, with Morocco. I mean, I say obviously. I think for, for a non-French language film in France, there's no way that you can raise a, a budget like this. So how much? How, how much are we talking about? Back then, I was thinking like a, a million and a half, which was already one and a half more than uh, the average budget of a first-time uh, uh, Arabic-speaking uh, Moroccan film. And because of the language, there's no way that you can fully finance it in France because you're not going to be able to pre-sell it to TV and you won't get an MG from a distributor. So I knew that and I needed a co-production, but I was very hesitant uh, when it came to the idea of you know, building a European co-production, bringing everyone to Morocco. So first, I was hoping that we could maybe uh, make it as a French-Moroccan uh, co-production. And back then, we had the bilateral fund that could award, I think, up to 200-something uh, to each project, but it disappeared. Okay, actually, it never appeared. It was announced, and it never appeared for political reasons that I don't know about. So I had to find another uh, uh, strategy. First, I started looking into the French-German bilateral fund because it does support films that are not really French or not really German. Uh, it's, it's, you know, and, it's, and it, you can get awarded a lot of money. And then finally, actually, I started to work with another Belgian producer, which are people that we work a lot, Fracas. And then we realized that they were really, really too busy, that they was, and they realized that they were too busy. And uh, I didn't have the time to look for a Belgian producer because one day Geraldine called or wrote, I can't remember if you, no, you wrote, I think, an email saying, so there's a, there's a deadline soon for the uh, 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 Federation. So the, this is the co-production minority fund, and we don't have a project. So if if, if ever you hear of something, and uh, so I called her right away, 
And then we started working. We knew each other uh, uh, from before. But uh, we started working. I mean, in less than 24 hours, I went from one mansion co-producer to the next. Which was a little bit, I think, to some extent, the salvation of, the, of this project. Because I don't think, I mean, I like Fracas very much and uh, we enjoy working with them. But this film is extremely complicated for many reasons. And uh, the way they work at me, the way Geraldine works is very, very compatible with the way Amélie, who's my, uh, I work in a tandem. Amélie is not here and she wouldn't be here even if she was awake because she's very shy and she don't, doesn't like this kind of uh, recording. But I think that Amélie and Geraldine are very compatible because they're very precise, very rigorous and, uh, and uh, and uh, need they raised more money than than the, what we were hoping to get. So maybe uh, Geraldine, you can tell us uh, where did you go? What were what were the sources of financing available in Belgium for this project? Yes, sure. Um, we got lucky because I think we got all the funds that we could have got uh, in Belgium. Uh, we first went to the Wallonia Brussels Federation to get the minority support of uh, one hundred thousand euro. Uh, I'm not sure of the order where we get, but um, then TV, yes, we got also Proximus as first window and also BTV as second window. Um, We also get the tax shelter, of course. Uh, I think we will be able to raise up to 200,000 euro. And we also got... Uh, then the D- DGD, I don't know exactly how to, to explain this in, in English, but it's, it's the foreign minister in Belgium who also granted some specific kind of films that makes a link between uh, Europe and uh, Africa, let's say. So it is a cultural fund? Yes, it's a cultural fund, but that doesn't depend on the Ministry of Culture. It depends on the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So it, okay. it's quite, I, I think it's, um, yes, it, it's a very small fund because it, it gives uh, 50,000 euro, but that's uh, some, in, in collecting all those kind of funds that we reach the, the actual uh, budget of the film. And then we also get Screen Brussels because we are going to make a lot of uh, expense in Brussels in the end. And, uh, and so we also get this fund. And then there were also the, the Netherlands uh, involved. So how did that happen? So that happened for once. This happened quite naturally. I say, I say for once because sometimes, you know, you just, need, you just need money and you go and look for co-producers. But here what happened was that we had a Dutch composer involved from the very beginning of the film, Joseph van Wilsheim, who's the composer of uh, Only Dead Left Alive by Jim Jarmusch. And uh, he was really one of the first uh, collaborators involved on the film. And, you know, it was in the back of my mind that we could, you know, maybe trigger something with, with Holland, but everyone had told me that Holland was very complicated, uh, uh, very picky when it came to expenditures. But it happened that I pre-sold the film to Benelux Distributor. And while pre-selling it, I asked whether they had an ID of a, a Dutch producer. And I was looking, I had, I had done a lot of co-production with Holland before, but I was more looking for someone who was, I mean, I wouldn't say commercial, but who was also doing Dutch market-driven projects. Someone who, who was really uh, connected to the Dutch uh, market, let's say, more than to the, the international uh, uh, world like uh, Geraldine or I uh, are. And so we involved people who are actually a, a sister company of the of uh, our distributor. So the distributor is September Film, 
And Key Film is a sister company of September Film. So this is how they got involved. And here, I mean, it is it's it is a little bit like Belgium because in 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 Belgium, in a way, the more money you get, the more money you get. Meaning that the more the, the more Belgian it becomes, the more eligible you are. I mean, Screen Screen Brussels comes at, at the end because we gathered so much money in Belgium. I mean, so much money. We're talking about small amounts, but that we knew we would be able uh, uh, to spend. Uh, what was required to apply to Screen Brussels, and we were—I think—that Geraldine was very, very safe when the, she presented the, the 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 application. So it it's a little bit the same in Holland. You mean that that uh, concretely, it's because in Belgium the money you spend in a region also doubles down for the federal level with the tax shelter, and uh, it counts like like double counts. It's like the double dip. I think they call that in Belgium. Exactly. So it's the same in Holland, where once you get the co-production support, the co-production support has, uh, is tied to expenditures. So you have to spend, I think, all of it, if I'm not mistaken. So it's 100,000, like, like it is in Belgium. Uh, you have to spend all of it in Holland, but then you trigger the production incentive. Okay. So in Holland, we have an unusually high, although we're talking about a total of 200,000, an unusually high uh, amount uh, uh, of financing because there's the co-production support, the incentive, and a pre-sale for the, for the minimum guarantee for the distribution. And you were telling me that in total, there are like more than 20 sources of uh, financing on this film? I think we are somewhere around 21 and 22. Uh, I mean, I must say that this is very much related to the fact that I was not, we were not very accurate uh, Amelie and myself when uh, assessing how much the film would cost. Okay, it's not that. I mean, we went over budget. We'll get we'll get back to this. But beside this, as as we were getting closer to the production, we realized how expensive the film was, and that there was no way we could. At some point, I understood that we wouldn't be able to do the film below one point eight million, and we had only one point five. So this is when we had to defer uh, the. We, being the French group, had to defer uh, their fee, and uh, st we started counting on, uh, you know, answers that would come during production. And what was the Eurimage support on a budget of roughly two million in the end? So two million in the end, but I think back then what was introduced to Eurimage must be around one point eight. I must say I don't remember. Uh, and the Eurimage support was two hundred and fifty thousand. That's what we asked for. Okay, so it's subsequent. So then the film is shot now? Yes. Now the film is shot and then it was shot. We wrapped it two weeks before Morocco closed down their border. So yes, it's shot. Thank God. And, and uh, what, was, what was the biggest challenge? Was it the shooting in the end or was it the financing uh, of the film? The thing is, as we progressed, the budget got higher. Okay. So we, the, the, the weird thing is that we were getting uh, late answers. I mean, for example, Screen Brussels was really late, I think. We were in prep. We were shooting. Uh, now we just got a fund from the, the, the Red Sea Film Fund. We just had the, the, the answer, like, I don't know, three weeks ago. Each time we got an answer, it couldn't be good news because the budget was already too high for the, for the fund to compensate uh, the gap. So now I think we finally got to a point, especially because the shooting is over, so it cannot... I mean, we can, can have uh, overspends in, uh, in post, but I don't think it's going to be... I mean, it's, it's, it's containable. Okay. So one of the challenge was this, that you keep on financing, which is a uh, rather classical thing, but the, the, also the budget keeps expanding. And then, you know, it's a first feature film. Most of it uh, happens, uh, uh, in a truck. Uh, part of it is shot in a studio. 
with what they call the poor man's process. You know, like people are shaking the truck. You have a green, uh, uh, <laughs> a green screen, and then you're gonna you're gonna shoot separately all the roads and the, and then you 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 know, mix them together and post. And part of it is shot obviously on location. Most of it is shot on location. Uh, two of the three actresses were not actresses. I didn't say it when, when I was pitching the film, but I say three women, but actually one of them is a 12-year-old kid. Uh, it's a first feature film done by a former sex agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what does it imply? I mean, does it mean, Geraldine, for example, did you have to to to, to set up like more, um, I don't know, you, you had to, to be more present for the director or have some guidelines around so that, uh, that the, the director would feel safer on the set uh, with first aid, a better first AD, for example, someone that is more involved. What, what are the, the guarantees that you guys are taking when you are, you are taking so much risk in the end with, with the first feature? From my side, I would say that I think that with Jean and Amélie and all the co-producers, our idea was to um, to find uh, high-experienced uh, technicians and heads of department to to send on the set, so that Yasmin is uh, very well. Uh, she, yes, she has very well trained and experienced people around around her that can advise her. That's reassuring. I mean, also for for the for the director. Uh, of course. And um, okay, since uh, Yasmin is also a sales agent, I mean, you already talked about, obviously, about sales um, beforehand. Uh, what, what was, uh, you already mentioned the strategy uh, with the Netherlands, having someone that is close to the market, but uh, what is coming next? I mean, is it like a festival strategy or you are, it's very complicated times, but tell us. Actually, yeah, when I mentioned the strategy, there's one element that I forgot, which is that before thinking about co-production, the first thing I did was to involve a sales uh, partner. So when I read the script, uh, I had someone in mind whom, whom I had never worked with, uh, Kinology, Grégoire Melin, and uh, so I offered them the script. And uh, as I sent, it was a little bit weird because as I, se as I sent the script out, I don't know, I, maybe I mentioned it to someone, but the, the, the word started spreading that I had sent the script out to a sales agent that I had never worked with. So all the sales agents that I had worked with, all the people I would discuss with were, were asking me, but why don't we read it? So I sent it out to, I think, five uh, uh, different companies, four of which made an offer. I wouldn't be able to explain exactly why. I sticked with Kinology, which was my, uh, they, they were my initial ID. We had, I mean, to some extent, there were some benchmarks, uh, com yeah, comparable films that they had handled. And uh, Grégoire is a little bit crazy. He's very, very devoted. And, uh, and I think that Grégoire, obviously, I mean, festivals are important if, I mean, if they take place. Uh, now, what's really, really clear to me after this, this uh, 18 months of pandemic is that maybe besides Sundance, it's useless to launch a, f a film's career in an online uh, event. It's sad to say, uh, but uh, I mean, I went through the Toronto experience. It's exactly the same as not having your film in a festival, but for the fact that it already premiered. So, uh, and Berlin the same. I had a film in both Berlin and Toronto. It's like not having a film in a festival. So... I don't know about the festival-driven uh, 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 strategy. I think this film had some crossover elements. It is a film that you could show to, I don't know if any kind of audience, but it's not you know, a, bor a boring kitchen sink drama. 
as my uh, mother-in-law would say. I can show it to my mother-in-law. She's not going to be very pleased with the subtitling. But uh, so I hope it has some uh, market appeal. And uh, Geraldine, since the film, I think you mentioned September film uh, before uh, as a distributor. So that's already attached to Belgium as well, I guess. Yes. Yes. And um, you, do you already know when the film will be completed and ready to market? We are now running against the clock. I mean, we decided not to sacrifice uh, the possibility of being ready for Cannes. We don't even know whether Cannes is going to take place, or whether it's going to be in July, September, October, or May. Uh, so we are in a something. I'm, I'm doing now something I've never done before, which is that at the moment, like today, there are three editors working on the film at the same time. Okay, uh, so this is the plan A, where we respect our schedule with a delivery, or at least a delivery for something that you can uh, 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 submit to a festival in April. Then I, I mean, I assume that for any distributor or any any of the co-producers, it's going to be it's going to be very much dependent on you know how the film premiered, whether there's a lot of work to do to promote it domestically, or, or it already arrives with some kind of reputation, and you just have to pick it and put it on the market. I mean, I know it, in Belgium it's rarely like this. So you, you were mentioning at the beginning that you you usually produce like one uh, film uh, per year and. Uh often small film, but also very complicated films. So I know a little bit about the films you've produced before. They are all very complicated to produce. Uh, what What is it there that drives you? Because this is clearly not the easiest way. And, uh, and you keep doing that. Still mentioning that it's a small company and everything. But um, yeah, those are kind of big projects in the end. I think one of the things that drives me on a film like this is that it's a first feature film. There's really nothing quite like making a first feature film. It's completely different uh, than working with someone who's seasoned because uh, it's, it's more complicated, but, it's, but the upside, you know, when the film is actually something, there's, in a way, a star is born. I don't know if it's a star, but at least a director is born, and this, I think, is really uh, wonderful. There's nothing comparable to it. So that's, I would say that's my main drive. I've always been attracted to non-French, uh, or let's say non-French targeted, uh, films. So this is, this is completely international. Uh, I, the film I had done right, I mean, not right before, but the last film we released was a almost fully French film, co-produced with Belgium, but French language. I mean, rather simple compared to this. I don't know. I mean, I think it's the, and I really like the experience. And I'm, a, and the director has something that's difficult to describe because I, I refer to her as a former sales agent, but that, that's actually quite uh, unfair because, I mean, she used to be a sales agent, but she's not a sales agent anymore. And she's extremely uh, motivated. And she's very, in a way, she's, she has a lot of strength. She has a lot of will. And I mean, let's take the, the DP as, a, as an example. Pierre Aim, who is the, 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 a cinematographer on the Nile Hilton incident or uh, La Haine by uh, Mathieu Kassovitz. She targeted him for some reason, probably because of the Nile Hilton incident. And then she started calling. And, you know, and she never stopped calling until he picked up and uh, accepted to do the film. And most of what she does, she does like this. And uh, I think that it's very, in a way, doing a film, it's, a way, it's like building an engine that's made of producers on one hand and the director on the other one. And the director has to pick us up. Sometimes we are down. We don't believe in the film because we got turned uh, down for a fund or I don't know what. Then it's for the director to pick us up and uh, push us to, to, 
to keep on going. And she's very much like this. Uh, she's very precise. She's a very, very hard worker. Uh, she always delivers on the day where she said she would deliver. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that directors are usually not like this, but she's more like this than almost any, any other director I've seen. And now that we've seen the images, uh, I think they are very promising. So, you know, yeah, we st the, the drive is still there more than ever in a way. And we were, we were able, able to involve a distributor from France at very, very late stage in the middle of the shooting. And that's, that's quite unusual, especially given the context. But it's also a new female voice uh, in Europe, and you are both quite uh, experienced uh, with this. So, Geraldine, you are uh, managing the company with Anlor. So, uh, it's also like a female lead uh, at the company. Um, is it something that is uh, really uh, important for you to, to just uh, allow the space for, for new uh, female uh, voices uh, to, to express themselves in films? Is it one of the missions of Need Production? One of the, I mean, uh, we of course it's it's always very um, very nice to to us to bring uh, voices of women uh, on the on the cinema cinematographic stage, and um, that's what we are trying to do with Yasmin. That's also what we have tried to do with uh, Natalie Alvarez Mezen, who has directed uh, Clara Sola. And actually, that's uh, Jean and I. We met in a, a workshop, a producers' workshop uh, called Ave Puentes, which focus on uh, European and Latin American co-productions. Uh, Jean was one of the group leader. I was one of the training. And uh, a few years later, we we worked together. So it's very nice. And Clara Sola was also a project that we met there. So these kind of uh, workshops also. Uh, are very useful because they, they bring uh, people who like, I would say, uh, the same kind of film or at least the same kind of way of working together. And it's, uh, it's very nice. And bringing this kind of voice um, to, the, to, to the world is, uh, is something that we are trying to do at Need Productions. So that's an opportunity to say hi to the EAV team. I mean, some of them I know are listening to the podcast. They are good friends and it's a great job they do uh, for, for training. Of course, they are one of the big, uh, if not the only big uh, training program out there uh, for many years now. Good job. So thanks a lot. It's already time to wrap this up. If you are enjoying this episode, don't miss the other ones. We have plenty to download on cineropa.org. They are also available on Google, Spotify, and any other podcast platform out there. Just pick your choice and uh, we will be there. Thank you for making films. Uh, we will look forward uh, to see this project in a festival or somewhere else. Uh, there are many ways to watch films uh, today. And um, yes, I hope you guys will collaborate again. And it seems that uh, it was a good fit. And hopefully it will count in the future as well. Thank you.